Kia and welcome to TechBytes.nz. I'm Craig Young, I'm the CEO of Tuans, and this week we're talking with Luke Campbell, young entrepreneur from Christchurch. I hope you enjoy this session of TechBytes.nz. Thanks very much, Luke, for joining us today. It's great to see you. Um, how's Christchurch? Yeah, you too, man. Um, it's not too bad down here, actually. We've got some um, pretty sunny weather, to be fair. Uh, I'm I'm working from home today because my flatmate managed to get me sick. So, um, uh, oh, no. you know, I'm usually in at the office, but uh, yeah, we're um, having a bit of a working from home situation, I guess. You can see my co-founder, Lucy, um, right. in the background there. Right. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Um, so, like, um, let's just, just get started. Let's get straight into it. Tell us a little bit about your career to date and how you've got to where you are now. Yeah, totally. So um, I guess um, it kind of I started VEX um, a couple of years ago uh, while studying full time at university. Um, and uh, it kind of came about um, through my interest in like entrepreneurship and startups in general. And as a result of that, I was, I was studying kind of physics and economics at university and decided to do this kind of elective. Um, and the, the course was focused on um, new businesses and new ventures. Um, and one of the kind of fundamental things that I learned through doing that course was like, when you're looking at starting a new business, you should kind of find a, a problem that's really affecting people um, to solve as opposed to, um, you know, kind of thinking about um, something that maybe just sounds really like something that's cool to work on, for example, which was kind of uh, where I was at the time. Um, and coincidentally, I was getting a bunch of voicemail at the same time, and I thought it was a really painful experience. Um, and I figured, you know, for a student who's only getting a few messages a month, um, you know, and it's this frustrating, what must it be like for a real estate agent, you know, a small business owner or someone, um, you know, the, the kind of people who get many every single day. Yeah. Um, and so took that um, as like a serious problem and um, decided to kind of give um, creating a business around that problem a go um, and recruited my co-founder Lucy uh, to work on it with me and kind of I guess that's where it all got started. Um, I haven't really had a full-time job outside of um, starting uh, Vexed so um, I can't really talk about a kind of long-winded <laughs> career or anything like that um, but um, it's been a it's been a really interesting period uh so we've been working on the business for almost three years now um but yeah yeah did you have a technology background um i mean as much as like most young people do these days um i i you know kind of got my first computer when i was like something like seven or eight years old so um or i guess it wasn't mine it was my father's but um he kind of let me let me just like do what i i, I you know could ever imagine on it so i was just kind of spending a lot of time on the computer learning a lot as a result um and and so that was kind of the limit of my technological background i mean in high school um I, uh, I tried to hack the school um, computer network once, which um, kind of uh, it went well or not so well, depending on um, uh, depending on like uh, who you ask, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, look, you, you started talking about Vexed. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, what it is, how it's set up, how it works, and, and then who's your target market? Yeah, so... Um, 
I guess um, I, I could talk a little bit more about um, where we've come from, right? So uh, we focused on um, solving that problem, particularly for the likes of real estate agents. You know, voice checking your voicemail messages has always been this like painful process, and everyone you ask will tell you that you know they hate checking their voicemail, and most people have a kind of voicemail greeting that says "Don't leave me a message." Um, and so we kind of uh, took the idea um, to solve that as, you know, hey, we're going to build a mobile application to help people manage their messages. And we ended up actually releasing the first uh, cross-platform uh, mobile app to do so in the entire country, which was really exciting for us. Um, we continued on with that business um, and grew it to about 10,000 users uh, worldwide. So we kind of operating in the US, Canada, UK, Australia, and New Zealand. And, um, you know, that was a really, um, a really massive learning experience for our team. Um, and, and kind of more recently, we've um, expanded um, our business to include um, kind of more traditional uh, uh, kind of phone systems um, as, a, as a product as well. So what that actually means in practice is that um, now you can use Vext, you can use our, our software um, to actually make and receive calls um, and manage phone numbers, just like you would say if um, you uh, had a phone number through Spark or Vodafone. Um, the problem we're solving with this new kind of calling software um, is around the, the kind of automating the tasks that are associated with phone calls, particularly for people like lawyers um, and recruiters because they, um, particularly in areas of, of law um, that are transactional, um, lawyers make a lot of calls and the same kind of goes for recruitment as well. And as a result of that, they just spend heaps and heaps of time on all sorts of tasks um, that are really easy to automate from our perspective. And so we end up saving our customers in, in that space about an hour per staff member per week usually. Right, right. Well, how, and how many of you um, in, in Vexed have you got? Yeah, so, uh, well, it started with just Lucy and I uh, back in um, November 2018. Um, but today, kind of, our team's quite a lot bigger. Um, we've got kind of six full-time staff and then a whole range of kind of part-time and casual staff, almost almost at about 20 now, actually, which is pretty crazy. Um, we've got uh, one of our team members is in Adelaide, um, but most everyone else is, is based in Christchurch. And are they all about the same age as you, like young startup entrepreneur type? minded or have you broadened your uh, diversity yeah. yeah well we're definitely you know always on the lookout for um talented people regardless of kind of um, their backgrounds their age or whatever but um just i guess as a result of kind of the people we know and, and the kind of business itself um you know a majority of our team are pretty young um so most most people i think our average age is probably sitting around you know uh, 2022 20, or something like that, to be honest with you, uh, Craig. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll change that over over the next couple of years as we grow as a business, definitely. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you how how was it like managing all the people, but that's still to come for you. So see how that goes. Uh, yeah. You're talking about, you know, one of the things around startups and getting started, you know, it's all very nice when you just do it on your own because you don't have to worry too much about funding, et cetera. But when you start to expand, you know, you've got to start looking for, uh, financing from elsewhere. So how, how, how difficult was it to get that sort of first round of extra cash so you could start paying other people to do things for you? Yeah, so um, I guess uh, when we started, we were mostly, um, sorry about the lighting, by the way, my screen keeps going dark, I don't know why. Um, 
when we started, we were mostly kind of um, bootstrapped. Um, we didn't have a lot of expenses. Um, and generally, we, we tried to raise money um, through doing things like competitions and um, getting little grants and stuff like that. And we managed to get into a, a variety of like startup accelerators, which gave us quite a nice chunk of funding, especially for the time we were at. So we ended up um, raising about $50,000 from mostly from kind of grants and, and competition winnings um, in the early days, like in, in 2019, which was really uh, helpful and, and, you know, pivotal to our success early on. Um, more recently, you know, at the start of 2020, um, we were we were kind of transitioning out away from university studies. Um, you know, we'd we'd gotten this product out into market with thousands of users, and we were really excited about um, what we were able to do for our customers. Um, and we wanted to scale the business globally. So, you know, there was um, kind of an obvious uh, requirement there for us to to raise some capital, and so we set out to raise about four hundred thousand dollars in February of twenty twenty. Um, and then, uh, you know, the next month. Um, yeah, things happened that <laughs> everyone are pretty well aware of, um, and that kind of was a bit of a thorn in our side. But um, we were lucky enough to announce our fundraising round in um, the NZ Herald, and we actually closed about $200,000 in funding in about four weeks um, from February to, to basically COVID starting to kick off. And um, so that was an absolute ripper, right? Four weeks. That was amazing. I was, I, I'd never really ca raised capital before and I was, um, you know, extremely excited and glad that we were able to raise, you know, we were able to get this kind of a reception so quickly, um, at the stage we were at. Um, but as a result of COVID, um, you know, investors got a lot more anxious about their capital and, um, you know, people were worried in general about like, what is the future going to look like? And so it, it, can, it makes it harder to kind of, look at, um, you know, risky uh, opportunities and say, you know, I can believe in this, I can be confident in this. And so, you know, we were raising our first round of capital as first time founders um, in a global, you know, pandemic. And it was absolutely hor like horrendous in terms of um, how stressful it was. And um, it, uh, we ended up closing our fundraising round in, in September and we, we were really lucky to get some awesome supporters on board and we actually closed it, um, having raised $600,000. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so, yeah, I was stoked, man. But I tell you what, the amount of um, the amount of wine I had to get through that fundraising round, I, I won't <laughs> speak about it publicly, but, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it was... It was um, it was a big requirement. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about that. So, you know, you're a young entrepreneur. You're one year out of university. You've got this business and COVID comes along and you're trying to lead a business. I mean, what sort of leadership things did you learn during that period? I mean, it must have been an incredibly fast learning cycle. Yeah, um, I guess um, personally, I see myself as often, you know, probably my my one of my biggest kind of, skill sets or at least the thing that that um, makes me a valuable member of my of our team um, is that I'm good at handling stress for the most part um, and you know um, probably some of the more important things I learned just during that period was that you know um, you've got to put your people first and it's super important to make sure that everyone you know check in on them make sure that they are doing all right and they have the things that they need so that they can perform their role and um, it was it was uh, it was a stressful and um, anxious time for everyone during like lockdown and 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 this, especially the start of COVID. So um, there were a lot of challenges, um, 
that that kind of just people were often dealing with on a personal level outside of just considering business. So um, one of the most important things to me um, is being authentic with your team, you know, um, making sure that they're aware that like there are serious risks and um, hey, this might not all um, turn out like rosy, but also showing like a, a showing a sense of confidence that, you know, you believe in, what you're doing you believe in your team because they're fantastic and and you know everything's going to be all right as well you know being that kind of beacon of hope I guess that's sort of an important part of of leadership as well and so um that was probably one of the the bigger kind of themes that that um I would say I would have drawn from that period of time as well as how to drink a lot of wine during stressful yeah periods. yeah man yeah, yeah. Like, you gotta <laughs> <laughs> just as well we have wine at our events right so yeah exactly um, so, so now you've come out the back end of COVID. Wow, we're sort of mid-pandemic, I reckon, sort of worldwide. Mm. Is it still yep. impacting the way you do uh, your business? Yeah, yeah. Look, um, I guess as a, as a software company, right, um, we're quite privileged. As a c- company, not only a software company, but a company of, of, you know, mostly young people, as you kind of mentioned before, um, we found shifting to remote work um, to be not a significant challenge. Um, and so we were lucky in that respect. Um, um, and so uh, that was a big part of not only how our business changed, but obviously it affected everyone. Um, and um, not uh, like not only did it affect how we work, but it also affected how um, our services, how valuable our services were, right? Um, you know, particularly with our new calling service, um, you know, you know, law firms all over the world, recruitment firms, basically most large businesses or, or even a lot of SMEs are looking at moving to more flexible, um, more modern um, kind of communication systems, including like phone systems, um, mm. which include fixed call. Um, and as a result of that, uh, there is an enormous opportunity in front of us. Um, and of course, all of the other kind of businesses involved in, in the telco uh, sector. So, um, I would say that it's still affecting that. And, and as a result, you know, our customers are extremely excited about what we're able to provide them with. And that's, that's, and, and to be honest, we're lucky as uh, to, to, to have that opportunity. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, we didn't talk about this, but you're, you know, voice is a pretty traditional market, right? It's not the new mm. sexy stuff like WhatsApp, et cetera, but, but you're sort of, by going to this new calling platform, you are starting to head up against, you know, tools like Zoom who are trying to do calling, like Teams. I mean, Teams is going to be built into Windows yep. 11. So uh, do you feel like you're starting to take the big boys on and you've got a, a bit of a niche that you can go for? And how important yeah, is definitely. that that you know what you're, that you're offering and, and you know, that niche thing? And how it's different. Yeah. yeah. I would say that that's probably one of the most important things um, in terms of um, uh, how, how, you know, our success. Um, it's so important to, to know um, who your customers are and how they talk and um, what they do every day and not know that so intimately that, you know, your product um, is, is built for them. Um, because if, if, you know, a company like Vext was trying to compete against um, uh, Microsoft um, directly um, for the same customers for the, with the same product, we're not going to have a good time, <laughs> to be frank. <laughs> and so, um, and, and that goes for that goes for any market. And so, um, as a result of um, having a, a 
good niche, um, a, a large niche um, where, where our product is, is the most well suited for our customers. Um, you know, we, we aren't really competing with, with them in, 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 in such a direct way. Um, but, you know, telco in general, uh, telecommunications, like video calling, voice calling, um, is, is an enormously uh, ripe space for disruption right now. And um, we're seeing this with, um, you know, companies that are building call center software like Aircall, who just raised $120 million at a valuation of over a billion. Um, or, or, you know, there's, there are many, many other startups that are working in, in this space that are doing really awesome stuff. And do you see yourself as being one of those $120 million raises to be valued at several billion dollars? Oh, we'll see, Craig. Um, we're definitely <laughs> uh, super ambitious. Um, yeah. We're a super ambitious team, right? And we think we can um, make a, a significant difference for kind of um, customers who fit our ideal customer profile um, globally. And, yeah. and, you know, we'll be able to um, serve thousands or tens or hundreds of thousands of customers really quickly because, because of how we've built our system. So um, I could see that in our future, definitely. But, um, you know, it just uh, depends on, I guess, how that goes. Well, there's been a few tech firms from the South Island. Just recently, they got sold for significant amounts of money to overseas. Mm. Uh, so, you, you know, you might have that as an exit strategy. I won't ask you about that at the moment. But sure. I, I, will, I will ask you, though, do you think being in Christchurch, which is not the largest city of New Zealand, I'll just put it that way, is yep. <laughs> a help or a hindrance or it doesn't really matter? Mm. Honestly, I would say that, you know, if, if, um, if I had Christchurch NZ, the marketing team at, um, at the city council sitting next to me, they'd be telling me to uh, uh, shout, shout Christchurch's praises. And, and to be honest, like it's a fantastic city to live in um, and to work in. But frankly, um, I don't think it matters so much, um, especially not anymore um, because of uh, remote working, because of the access we now have to, to to everyone worldwide as a result of people just being comfortable jumping on a Zoom with someone on the other side of the planet. Um, you know, I don't, I just don't think it matters. And I think um, what is really good about Christchurch um, is that, you know, we have a great university here with a fantastic engineering department. And so the graduates that come out of university um, have great skills, are ready to kind of jump into a company like Vext or, or Zero or, or whoever. Um, and have have it's just fantastic a fantastic talent pool in Christchurch the living costs here are really low um, my commute to work is five minutes um, um, don't you know, ask. I, I don't, could, don't I could talk go to me about that. yeah yeah you know what I mean yeah. so so yeah. I, I travel to Auckland a lot for business and I know how long it takes to get from the airport to the city center and, and rush hour so um, um, and, and you know one of the other things that I really love personally and I know my team value really highly as well is as access to nature uh, and being able to go on a hike and be be on a, on a trail in like a couple of hours as opposed to like you know half a day trip or or, or what however long it might take elsewhere and um, another interesting fact about Christchurch is that we have the second largest tech industry in the in the country after um, Auckland so um, uh, although Wellington people sometimes like to disagree with that but it's it's, it's the fact so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, let's just go back to you personally again, just um, for a few minutes. So, so what about um, some of the some of the learnings you've had um, as you've transitioned mm. from a founder who had an idea 
to now a CEO pretty quickly, you know, um, have you got some tips that you learned along the way for others that might want that might want to be in the same situation? Or have you got some disasters you could actually share with us? Mm, that's that's a good one. Um, I'm, um, I, I, I suppose probably one of the things that I really like to share with people that are interested in entrepreneurship and starting their own businesses is, um, is, is um, looking at Y Combinator as a, as a um, really great example of um, a place that helps entrepreneurs succeed. Um, so, you know, Y Combinator, if, if you know, people that are listening um, are kind of unfamiliar, is this accelerator program in uh, based in San Francisco, and, and a couple of years ago, this, this isn't necessarily the case anymore. Um, you know, there were um, tens of thousands of accelerated programs globally, right? Um, and there were only a handful of of, of unicorn firms of, of companies worth over a billion dollars that had gone through accelerators. There were only a handful of them. There was something like twenty or or however. And um, out of the tens of thousands of accelerator programs globally, every single unicorn that had gone through an accelerator had gone through Y Combinator. Right. And it's because of the, the, the model um, that they had for teaching people how to be solid executors and good entrepreneurs is just phenomenal. And the bloody absolute fa fabulous um, uh, thing is they put all, all of their content on YouTube for free and it is a hell of a goldmine. Um, and it's kind of a Bible um, from, from my perspective. Um, the content on there is fantastic, but I guess, from uh, things that I things that I think that have helped us succeed is um, um, you know a, a bias toward um, like making decisions quickly, mm. um, and so that so that you can make a decision like you you know it's not going to be the perfect decision maybe it's going to be the worst possible decision but you make the decision quickly fail fast and learn fast um, and, and so being super um, iterative. And, and having that, that kind of fast feedback cycle on, on the decisions you make is super important. Um, having, um, you know, a, a founding team that are really um, kind of well-balanced is, is I think one of the things that helped us succeed massively. Like Lucy is a fantastic, you know, um, engineer and, and great at what she does. And um, she's really, really good at all of the things that I'm horrible at. And, um, and, and vice versa. Um, and so that kind of specialization in our founding team um, was really important too. Yeah. Um, from, a, from a disasters perspective, um, I think to be honest, we've been pretty lucky. We've been really lucky. Um, and and um, I mean, things have gone wrong. Uh, you know, so many things have gone wrong, but it's never been um, in a way that I've, I've you know, uh, it's never been a disaster, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, things go wrong all the time. Yeah. You just got to uh, uh, pick your stuff up and keep moving. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did pick up in there, um, you're talking about executing, you know, decision-making, making decisions, even if they're not necessarily the right ones, and executing. I mean, that's probably key, eh, is that um, it's mm. great having a great idea. You've got to then execute it. So you may not execute it perfectly, yep. but you still have to execute. Yeah, massively. Because, um, you know, uh, this is something that's said, said often um, in the kind of startup world is that, like ideas, ideas are kind of meaningless. Um, and, and, you know, 
um, or, or, or that, um, you know, there's this quote, uh, you know, big companies don't eat small companies, fast companies like eat slow companies. And that, I think that rings true um, massively. If you're, if you're, if you're able to, you know, if, if you plot, plot a, a, a graph of like, um, you know, 1% growth per week, versus two percent growth per week you know it doesn't sound like a massive difference but over the course of two years you know the one that's growing at two percent per week is going to absolutely um outstrip uh the other the other um by an enormous amount and and so just um speed is so important especially in the early stage yeah. startup like like ours yeah yeah look we've gone longer than i normally would so it's just um is great but um so but i still have a question for you i want to uh, finish up with which is um you know what advice would you have for others looking to start their own business particularly younger leaders i mean you are an example of that um and in the tech space i suppose as well you got particular advice yeah so um definitely um find a find a team uh, like a, a co-founder um that you know if you're a technical co-founder go and find someone that talks a lot um <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know maybe they've got a uh, background playing heaps of strategy games like me that that's probably pretty helpful I would say uh, if they're going to be like a, a business leader um, um, and then if you're if you're non-technical and you have that kind of you're really interested in business and, le and leadership and stuff like that then go and go and find someone that that um, is, is, a, is a technical founder um, and, and do things that will um, help you build experience and and what you're going to do right like before vex something that was extremely crucial to my personal development was um starting a, a university club and and leading that club for a couple of years and and um you know i i uh, learned so many uh, leadership skills as a result of that experience that helped me for not like massively um with vex um and then and then the, the last thing would really be kind of go and surround yourself by people who have who have done it before um uh, who who have kind of are a few steps ahead of you on that journey who you can talk to and ask for advice because that's so so important um you know i always i still regularly um reach out to people that um are you know those few steps ahead of us um who, who have started a company and maybe exited it or um are just uh you know have experience that we don't um someone that's extremely helpful uh, for me personally is um, a guy named uh, Beyond from First AML. I catch up with him all the time and he gives us fantastic advice. And, and you know, pe people, especially in New Zealand, are, are often willing to sit down with you for 15, 30 minutes um, and, yeah. and have a quick chat because um, it's just, I guess, what Kiwis are like. So yeah. go and do that. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much, Luke, um, particularly since you have, you're not overly too well either. But how can people connect with you um, if they want to chat to you some more? What's the best way? Oh, oh, probably LinkedIn, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love LinkedIn. Absolutely. Uh, spend, you know, heaps of time on there. So um, if you want to, if you want to have a chat, just reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'll, I'll, I'll respond. So um, that would be great. Yeah. So thank you so much for uh, giving up your time, Luke, and, um, and sharing some really cool stuff. Um, we're just to let people know that uh, if you want to see this again, it'll be on our YouTube channel over the weekend and we'll be sharing it, obviously. Um, and we'll get you to share it on your LinkedIn channel as well, Luke, so you, people can follow you. Um, we're yeah, also man. on, yeah. And we're also, uh, we turn it into a um, an audio podcast on Apple, Google, and we're now on Spotify. So Tech Bytes will be on Spotify next Fantastic. week as well. So we're on every platform that you can think of. So once again, Luke, thanks. Awesome. And uh, 
go and rest and uh, get better, mate. Cheers, hey. Thanks for having me, Craig. It was good to yeah, see Marty. you. Yeah, Marty. Yeah, Marty.